This is Anabaptist Perspectives. I'm here with Merle Weaver. We're in the Five Pointville Fire Company, which you're part of this uh, particular fire company. And one of the reasons we're filming it in here actually is about a vision that God's laid on your heart uh, a few years ago called Advance 1040. Can you just describe what that is, how it's relevant to why we're sitting here inside a fire hall, and what your vision is for the Anabaptist Church when it pertains to this particular project? Very good. Well, thanks for the opportunity to share and, and share the vision and heart. Uh, Advance 1040, of course, is just a sticker or a name for a vision and a concept. Uh, certainly another term could be used equally well, but it actually is a good one because 1040 refers to the 1040 window, that area 10 degrees north to 40 degrees north of the equator from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, wherein lies the most unreached people in the world. Uh, Two-thirds of the world's population actually lives in that window. An estimated one billion plus people who've never heard of Jesus Christ. And um, so I really take seriously the mandate in uh, Matthew 28 and, of course, referenced elsewhere in the New Testament to go into all the world, preach glad, uh, glad tidings of Jesus Christ, of His kingdom, and also, more importantly, to make disciples. So that really is the backbone and foundation of the 1040 vision. The advanced part is kind of like you would say cutting edge. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> sure advancing, getting people out there. And a lot of these regions are closed. Uh, they're hard to penetrate. You have to have an excuse or reason to be there. And so um, one of those reasons, just like first world, we have the fire department, you're there on people's bad days, is to be there when people have calamity, crisis, and be there to help them and to show the love of Jesus again in shoe leather. Um, however, a very important passion of mine is to integrally tie that to those that come behind, what I call the farmers, those that mm. sow the seed, that plant the, plant the seed and see crops raised up. And I'm speaking of souls, of course. There's a lot of humanitarian agencies and efforts in the world today, uh, a lot of them. And many of them maybe even run by professing Christians of some sort or another. But I see the great importance of integrally tying that to the disciple makers coming behind and not seeing a gap. And so that's really part of the vision of Advanced 1040. Additionally, uh, an integral part of the vision of Advanced 1040 is us, the church, and specifically, more narrowly, the Anabaptist peoples. We have uh, historically believed in nonviolence, non-resistant, returning good for evil, all those things, non-military participation, and that's wonderful and that's good, and, and a wonderful application and obedience to the teachings of Christ. But sometimes I'm afraid that we've been defined too much by what we're not rather than by what we should be. And so one of the visions of Advance 1040 is to really put this aggressive suffering love in the shoe leather and march it. And not just wait even till the militaries of this world clear everything. Mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes to get on the front side, for instance, or uh, in areas that are seemingly dangerous or hard to reach. Mm -hmm. And to use things like medical crisis intervention, things like that. A story comes to mind that has been a singular inspiration, not the only one, but one of the greatest ones. And that was in 2014, when tens of thousands of Yazidis were trapped on Mount Sinjar in northern Iraq. While the nations of the world looked on, either politics or fear restricting them from helping, while literally hundreds of them died from starvation, from lack of water, things like that. And uh, 
I saw uh, a vision of what would happen if some people that were not afraid to die would be able to, let's say, be parachuted into a place like that and help them help with drops of aid while showing the love of Jesus Christ. And that's kind of the vision of Advanced 1040. It has many applications. It's not narrowly restricted to one. We're already working on things like, for instance, making explosives that kill people and hurt people go away, called demining. Uh, we're not there yet, of course, a lot of preparation. Uh, we're working on some things trying to interrupt human trafficking in some of these refugee places and many more things besides. Really, the definition of what actually gets done with Advanced 1040 is going to be written by the next generation. Hopefully, okay. leaders guiding them and helping them and empowering them, but how far the next generation or even the third generation, grandchildren, go is going to depend on the foundation we lay today and how we lead. And it's really not about one organization, though naturally we have an organization that's working on this, but it's about a vision. Mm -hmm. And if some other organization feeds into that, does their version, mm -hmm. I'm cheering. But I want to see our young men especially, and our, young, our daughters, when the world gives its people to die for its country, otherwise known as military service, shouldn't we at a minimum be doing that for our country, the kingdom of Christ? And uh, so I really, and not just to uh, get wrapped up in the drama of that or the, mm -hmm. the psych of it. To, uh, you know, the church has always given people that are willing to die for Jesus. You, you think of recent times uh, in the 50s, Jim Elliott, you know, and, and the inspiration of things like that. So not hastening people out foolishly, actually quite the contrary, preparing them well, most importantly spiritually, but then getting them out there. And um, recently one of our... Um, board members or advisors shared something I thought was really, really applicable. He said, is it possible that the very skills and patience and attention to detail that's needed, for instance, to do demining, could be the development of character that's also needed to help develop a young man into being a pastor? I don't know of any, for instance, that better articulates Advanced 1040 than that. If we can do that, take the 19-year-old's Make, give them some patience and something to uh, shoulder into, but then develop them into church planners. Mm. That, that would just thrill my heart to see that happen. Not just one or two or three teams, but literally by the hundreds and thousands across the 1040 window. Is it basically then saying, here's some skill sets that you, may, you, you will need to get into some of these hard places, you know, Afghanistan or something really challenging. Go get these skill sets. It's tools in your toolkit so you can go there, serve long term, and actually deeply change people's lives. Definitely, we want to identify things they can go get, but I think more importantly, we want to help them get them. Uh, whether, whether they go to another agency to get the skill sets, we want to provide the mm -hmm. spiritual, cultural oversight support that it can be done in a meaningful and safe way, not just throw them out there and see what happens. Sure, like closely connected to their home churches. Absolutely, kind of and as teams. We really, really want to raise them up as teams, not as individuals, that's the long-term yeah. goal. And that keeps that sense of community that's so core to us, to our people as an Anabaptist group. That community is really important. I think there's a growing awareness that we could be doing things like this. And I hear again and again mm -hmm. things like spiritual Navy SEALs and we're going to do this. And, and I'm not against that necessarily, uh -huh. but it really can get a little uh, melodramatic and sensational and or even romantic. And to take that and say, okay, if we want spiritual Navy SEALs to use that, you know, thing that's thrown around sometimes, actually we need to do spiritually the disciplines, the doing without, the suffering, all those things. 
and, and not just the physical skills. We're not just being Christian Navy SEALs that don't carry guns. That's only a quarter or at best a half of the, the skill set needed. The other half is character development. Actually, it's going to be much more than half, maybe 80% is character development, spiritual development. Oh, and yes, they have some other tools and skills that prepare them when the yeah. dirt flies and things go a little sideways. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like, again, we're sitting here in your fire hall talking about this. You can say I, you have actually done the time, taken some trainings and prepared for different skill sets that could very well come in handy in some of these hard places. Explain some of that. Yeah, it's actually a little chicken and egg in its own way. Like which came first, the chicken or egg? Some of it has helped develop me, leadership, leadership under pressure, has enabled me to teach others also, which is good. Some of it is the reason I'm here. Uh, for instance, um, I got involved a number of years ago with search and rescue for the express purpose of being able to teach it to others. I probably would not have got, gotten involved otherwise. Whereas fire department's a little different, it's my local community, I'm just helping out. But um, so, yeah, it's, it's a little cyclical or, or, or feeding into each other or whatever. But um, learning how to hold up when things are really tough is really much needed in every Christian's life. That may not just be when the fire sirens are going. It might be when when you're very discouraged because everything you tried went wrong. But it's really the same skill set if you think about it and it's applied properly. Explain some of some of those trainings and concepts, principles uh, that Advanced in 40 is, is currently using. I think there's different trainings and things that, if, that you've been doing or involved in. So um, I'll just use an example, one that we have, we call it T3. And T can stand for a lot of different things, but the one I want to focus in on is team dynamics. Functioning as a team, maintaining that togetherness when everything wants to split you apart. You think about it, that's actually the work of Satan, to split the church apart, split yeah. people apart, so how, when everything's really tough, can we glue together and press together? Mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, we, we, we have a week where we really turn up the psychological pressure at times, miss sleep, tough stuff, for the express purpose of teaching a group of young people, usually young people, we have young married people and even sometimes older people, yeah, uh, which is really encouraging to see that coming on, to stick together under pressure and how to keep their head on straight, to keep their communion with Christ, all while, you know, maybe you have a situation like Psalm 91 where there's people dying all around you, uh, where we actually keep dwelling in the secret place while we're doing that, plus ministering to the people that are suffering and dying. So naturally, just a little disclaimer, we don't expect to make anybody proficient in one week, but it's a great entry level for somebody who's involved in international work, even if they're not involved in crisis work. It's basically saying, here's a skill set that could be really valuable in many different scenarios, and then this is available to people. They can go get these skills. They can learn these things to help them be more effective overseas. Yep, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And so that's our entry level there. We do train people as individuals, but from there up, we're focusing more and more on training as teams mm -hmm. um, because if you're going to go to that level of proficiency, first of all, it's an incredible time investment, but you also need to be able to trust the people you're with and know them and depend on them and and so the team dynamics very important yeah so in what ways do you see advanced 1040 specifically but also the broader vision you're outlining here how is that servicing our churches young people our church leaders okay yeah excellent question we often talk about the double 1040 vision so hmm. i talked about when we started about 10 degrees north to 40 degrees north of the equator hmm. but also those individuals between 10 years old and 40 year old 
um, in the prime of their life, we want to give them something to live for besides the American dream or the Mennonite American dream. You know, I'm not against having a good life per se in America, but it should be for a purpose. It should be beyond that. The vision should be something bigger than ourselves. And I'm afraid if we just are in preservationist and defense mode alone, we're going to, and actually you can see it, we'll lose young people again and again that are looking for something to give their lives for. I think especially as Anabaptists, many of us have almost like in your, our DNA, if I can say it that way, this knowledge, and, and I don't believe God has grandchildren, but just hear me out. This knowledge that we should be suffering for Christ. Our forefathers suffered for Christ. We should be laying our lives down. And if fathers and church leaders are not giving their young people not only that opportunity first, but even that challenge, it's our job to challenge them as young people and lead by example. And if we're not doing that, it's reasonable to expect we're going to lose mm. our, our people. Mm. And so that's really, that's how I see it being a help to fathers, to church leaders, things like that. Especially one of our heartbeats is to be culturally safe and friendly to our supporting constituency and, and churches. And especially if a church leader has that trust that if I send a couple of my young men or young ladies here, mm. they're going to be further developed in their character, come back deeper rooted in values that are important to them. It's actually a great assistance because a mm -hmm. church leader can't be doing all this himself. He has his hands full, maybe with a family, maybe with a business, for sure with the church. And, and so we're here to serve the church and actually wash the feet of those that are leading uh, not in any way to be a competition, D definitely not. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a great way of saying it. Almost you could say something like, people might come and take these trainings never go international, but be much better church members yeah. than, than before. I think it's great, my personal opinion, it's great preparation for being ordained in the church by and by. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. <laughs> Learning to lead team dynamics. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I keep hearing coming out here is the sense of community, of togetherness, team. Um, and that is such a core value that we have as Anabaptists. And that, that actually really clicks. That makes a lot of sense. So if someone's watching this and saying, wow, that's a vision that, that's really interesting to me, First of all, how can they find out more about Advanced 1040 specifically, but then broaden it out, what's some other ways they can learn some of these things and develop themselves uh, to better serve the church, serve internationally, et cetera? So the easy part is to go click on advanced1040.org and read about what we're doing. But, and, and I recommend that. It's, you know, study, sure. get, learn some things, maybe come to some trainings. But I think the harder part is to take this question seriously myself, each individual, and say, how can I be part of the solution? Because maybe it's not about joining what we're doing. Maybe it's praying for us, sure. But maybe it's how can I be part of stirring up my church, the people around me, or more importantly, laying down my life so others can mm -hmm. live. I don't think there's a cut and dried answer. I think the important thing is to ask the questions, to be praying the prayer. And I think you're going to see God lead, guide, and direct different people, different geographies, different churches, different areas, very differently. And, and that's great, and that's fine. Not everybody's going to the 1040 window. In fact, for everyone that goes, there's probably a lot of support work needed behind that person. Maybe mom and dad and some brothers need to stay back and help support that person, depending on what they're doing. One of the things we teach in the, in the training is to never despise that support base, to never jeopardize that, don't burn bridges, mm -hmm. um, because if you rise higher, it's because of the shoulders you've risen on. And yeah. if you get to go further, you're actually getting the privilege because of their support. So don't get 
high-minded and haughty, just be grateful. I can't believe they gave me this privilege and I get to go and they all wow. are helping support that type of mindset. There's basically a role for everyone Absolutely. To, to be involved. Absolutely. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what I hear you saying is just, this is about expanding God's kingdom as much as we possibly can. That's the simple way to just bring it all down <laughs> to where the rubber meets the road. Wow, that's fantastic. Anything else you would like to share about this vision? No, other than we could use a couple thousand young people in the next 10 years. <laughs> you know, maybe, and maybe that's what it is. Not all at once, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but, it, but some of that is what we're, you know, what you're trying to do here is inspiring people. Yeah. You know, here's these needs, go get involved, whether that's with, you know, your group or someone else, it doesn't really matter, I guess, a whole lot. It's just, we need churches sending people to go and serve. I, I do want to share one more thing that's really encouraged my heart in the last number of years, a number of middle-aged men have gotten involved in helping with leadership, helping with development. Some uh, involved, uh, you know, ministers and, and leaders in their assemblies have gotten involved, literally giving input and things. And that is incredibly valuable, encouraging, yeah. because they bring a perspective. They bring a counsel into it that's very different than a teenager. And I'm so grateful. And we could actually use, if, we're, if we need a couple thousand young people, we could definitely use a couple scores of ministers and leaders to get involved. Because it's about having those people that have um, built churches and can help guide ways that young people can be involved. Absolutely. And, yeah, and still be plugged into their local communities. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share. This is exciting stuff and hopefully it inspires a bunch of people to go serve. Thank you for giving me the privilege to yeah, share. Absolutely. I enjoy sharing it. Great. For more information about Anabaptist Perspectives, to read our blog, to donate, and to see videos of the conversations you hear on this podcast, visit anabaptistperspectives.org. We'd love to hear from our audience, so leave your feedback in the comments for this podcast or send us a message through our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. Your listening and sharing this with friends helps more people find our episodes. A special thanks to all of you who support Anabaptist Perspectives financially. We are here because of you. If you haven't had the chance to give yet this year, would you consider making a year-end donation? You can donate on our website or by check. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist Perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.